0: Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing? It's Howie Spangler, Tales from the Green Room. Episode 30! Episode 30, baby! Um, we've got two songs left, everybody. We've got very short time until this record comes out. Uh, Friday, actually. Today's Tuesday when I'm recording this, and it comes out Friday. Actually, Thursday night at midnight. So, uh, you know, if you've already got your pre-order in, it's going to show up probably at 11 o'clock on Thursday night. So make sure you get that pre-order in. Um... And uh, celebrate with us Ballyhoo is going to be super stoked Detonate is out Friday 9-28 It's got 11 songs on it And we've talked about We've talked about 9 of them So uh, today we're going to talk about Maryland Summer But first I want to say thank you to all the uh, supporters of the podcast You know who you are Um, It really helps uh, Me keep this thing going And try to get more frequent at it You know um, I'm trying to up the quality. I'm always thinking like cool things that I can do in the future uh, with the show. And um, just thank you very much for uh, spending your hard-earned money on me um, and the show. It's uh, if you're if you're interested in doing it, you can go to TalesFromTheGreenRoom.com and hit the support the podcast button there. You can pick 99 cents, four ninety nine, four ninety nine, or uh, nine ninety nine a month. You can cancel anytime. Um, no hard feelings. Uh, I just appreciate you listening to begin with. Thank you for supporting my uh, my creative outlets um uh new vo- new vlogs are up on the youtube there uh youtube.com slash howie spangler um go check it out i've been putting up some stuff lately uh doing that a, a kind of short form video versions of tales from the green room um called mini pods and then i've got um vlog stuff which is like me hanging out hanging out with my family or just you know go doing the Ballyhoo shows or, or whatever I, I, I just put one up today uh of me in the studio uh, producing uh, for an artist called Russ Bomb, and uh, my brother's on drums, and it's just a good day. So go check that stuff out. Um, if you get a chance, subscribe and hit the bell there, the notification bell, to uh you know, so you know when I put videos up. Uh okay, uh what's going on? Uh Friday record comes out, and we're gonna be in Garrettsville, Ohio at Nelson Ledges, uh, with Badfish and I think Dropodelic, I could be wrong. Um Anyway, Name Drop, great band. Check them out, Um Nelson Ledges, I've heard, is a really rad place. It's outdoors, um, camping and things like that. Never been there before. i heard, heard many awesome things. So come check it out. Grab tickets right now. BellyHoodRocks.com slash tour. Uh, <clears throat> on Saturday, we're going to be in Toledo, Ohio, at the Ottawa Tavern. Uh, on Sunday, we're going to be at Del Mar Hall in St. Louis. And the October 2nd, at the Fox Theater in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, and on the way, those are shows are on the way to um, meet up with the Real Big Fish guys and a band called We Are the Union. Uh, Skypunk punk tour for the fall, can't wait. Love playing with Real Big Fish. They're just really awesome guys, and um, take really good care of us. And the shows are a lot of fun. So don't miss any of it. So much happening, so much going on. All right, uh, I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get into this song. Let's talk about Maryland Summer. Maryland Summer. Um, so this, originally, this song, uh, I was talking to my buddy Gabo from Fayuca He'd hit me up about doing some co-write stuff. Um, it's fun getting together with, with uh, other artists to, like, write songs and, you know, just see what you come up with because there's different styles and uh, different approaches, and it can be a lot of fun to put it together and see what happens. Um So he hit me up and was like, hey, man, write a song for us. I was like, all right, I'll mess around with that. That sounds like fun. So I started writing this song uh, called Arizona Summer. Um, They're from Arizona. And uh, the idea of the song was just kind of to sound sort of kind of down just about, uh, I don't know, living in your town and maybe being depressed or, or whatever. And Arizona summer just had this cool like sound to it, you know, rolls right off the tongue. It's a nice title. And, uh, sent the, uh, sent the basic hook over to them with the the guitar parts and stuff. And uh, I'm sure I was singing off key and all that. And, um, I I guess they weren't into it. I, I don't know, but, uh, or maybe they were. But they just didn't get get back to me in time. I, I have no idea. But um, so fast forward months and months later, we're in the studio, and we had most of the songs ready to go for the session. But I knew we had to write a couple more, or to at least take some ideas that I had, had or anybody else had, and just sort of, you know, throw something together there. So I ended up just tracking the song, um we added the punk rock part on the verses and the intro and stuff, the outro, and then did those, those kind of reggae choruses, um, with that melody. And, uh, didn't know what I was going to do with it yet. I just wanted to track the song, the music, get the music down, the music's, the music's down, get the music's down. And, um, so we did that. And, uh, I guess, uh, I got home from the session and started tracking vocals, uh, right away. And that was one of the first ones I did, I think. And I decided to call it Maryland Summer and made the lyrics more about me, I guess. And I called Gabe and I was like, dude, I just want to let you know, I recorded that song that I wrote for you last year or whatever. And, uh, He's like, oh, that's cool. No worries, man. Yeah, send it to me. So I sent it to him. He's like, oh, this is badass. Well, so <clears throat> thanks, Gabe, for uh, giving me the inspiration to write that song. I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, everybody check out a band called Fayuca from Arizona. I think they're Scottsdale, but it's like Phoenix area. Um, awesome band. They've got this, like, Mexican uh, Latin tinge going on. Like, just it's so sick. A lot, it sings a lot of the songs in Spanish. Great punk ska band. Um, so, uh, anyway, so yeah, that's how that song came about in the first place. Um, lyrically, it is definitely about, uh, my depression as a teenager after my mom died. Um, I was just super bummed, man. Just, it's, it's weird thinking about being a kid and experiencing the feelings that I felt after my dad passed, you know, as an adult, like, um, I hadn't felt that way in 20 years, um, and you forget the type of pain, the type of, I, I already, like, I'm st- obviously still bummed out about m- both my parents passing, but, like, um, like, I've even kind of, it's gotten better, you know, since my dad died, it's gotten better, uh, the way I feel, and I'm not super sad all the time, you know, um, and, uh, that, those feelings came back, and I was like, oh my god, like, how did I deal with this when I was 15, you know? Like, how did I get through that? I don't know. I remember thinking, like, I could have turned to drugs. I could have, you know, maybe turned to bad shit. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't the type. I was always afraid to get in trouble, you know, I was one of those. Like, I didn't want to do anything bad, so maybe that's why I didn't really get into drugs or do, like, you know, rob liquor stores or anything like that. Um, I just... uh I don't know, man, I just ended up just being stuck in this hole every day in my bedroom. And we would go to, I would go to school. And I remember the week that we came back to school, it was, my my mom died the week before school started in 11th grade for me. So it was the summer after 10th grade. And, uh, and so a week after she died, I got to go back to school. And first day of school, you know, there are people that knew what, knew what went down and coming up to me and saying, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. I can't, I can't imagine, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was a weird time. And, um, so I just found myself in my room locked up. I, I wrote the song called drag on a record called, uh, for a record called cheers. Well, it wasn't for that record. I just recorded it on that record. I, I wrote that song like years before cheers was recorded, but, um, the song called "Drag" and it is about that where I, I say, uh, you said you, you were leaving, you'd be here soon, but I know you're locked up in your room. The song was written from like my friend's perspective around that time where they would call me on the weekends or whatever and say, Hey man, party at my house, come hang. It's going to be some girls here. Like just come hang out. It's gonna be fun. And, uh, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll be over. I'll be over later. And I would never show up. I would just stay in my room listening to my green day and Three Eleven records, you know? Um, and, uh, it was such a weird time, so I felt bad about that later, you know, like, how it was such a drag on my friends, that's why I call this song Drag, um, so this song is just sort of another, uh, take on that whole time in my life, um, so it's like, don't fucking call me, uh, because I don't want to talk right now, it's, you know, it's der- derivative of that, like, just, you sure, I'll be there, whatever, just hang up, you know, sometimes I wouldn't answer the phone, um, and, uh, and this is a landline. I had to get up and go out there and pick up the phone cause it was connected to the wall. Anybody remember this? Um, so, and it wasn't that far of a walk from, from my bedroom, I guess. But so, uh, I, uh, well, oh yeah, what was it was with the lyrics. Okay. So, uh, don't want to talk right now. Just leave a message cause I'm turning off my phone. Um, I don't care if there's hot chicks at the party. I just want to, you know, why don't they understand? I just want to be left alone. Like, um, yeah, it's like that was always the thing. There's going to be chicks there, bro. Like, come on, hang out. Like, you know, that's how it was um, as a teenager. And uh, I just didn't care. I didn't care about anything. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to be with my friends. I just wanted to be sad. And I think think that's a natural thing. I think it's just everybody deals with the stuff differently, but I think a lot of us just, we actually want to be sad for a little bit, and I guess I don't know what it is about that, Um, and people try to cheer you up and stuff, but you just don't want it. You don't want to be cheered up. You just want to be left alone, and you'll figure it out yourself. I think I think grief and being sad and depressed, um, I am no expert, but it feels as if like no matter what happens, no matter what people say to you, how, many, how much they try to comfort you, things like that, ultimately it is your own decision and it's your own journey, however long it is, to figure it out on your own and get, get through it on your own in a way. Um, sorry, I'm like fidgeting. Um, so, you know, and, and it's great. I think the best thing friends can do, family can do, is just be there for you. Um, sometimes just not say a word, just just be there if, if you do need something, if you want to reach out. But uh, so that's kind of, that's, that's where that whole part came from there. Um, so here comes another Maryland summer, and I'm such a bummer, I got to get up off the ground. It's like, I know that I'm being a bum out on my friends. I know that I'm just, you know, Debbie Downer, and I got to get up. I got to stop staying in my room. I got to get outside. I got to see my friends. I got to, you know, listen to music and just try to get on with my life and live a normal life, you know, without my mom, you know. And just trying to, even now, like, trying to wrap my head around that acceptance you know, you're never going to see this person again. And it was such an important person in my life. You know, she gave me life, you know, and to, to not see her anymore. It's just, it was just the weirdest feeling, the weirdest thoughts ever. I, you just can't, you can't fathom it. It's so hard to accept it. And it's just, it just eventually just becomes like, oh, well, yeah, she's not here anymore. So, you know, after, after months and months, I remember four months after um, she passed, I got my license in uh yeah that january she died in august 96 i got my license in january and i remember what the first thing the uh the first thing i thought was i can't wait to show mom and i was like "Ugh, wait <laughs> you know and that was four months later it's odd you just going into this automatic mode you know um and uh <clears throat> i've been searching for meaning getting high on caffeine stuck in this sad routine, got to turn us around, you know, um, just, uh, drink, started drinking coffee, and, um, I, I, think, I think I actually started drinking coffee as a comfort thing, um, because my mom used to drink it, like, in the mornings, like, on the weekends, and I would smell the, uh, the creamer, and just smell the coffee, you know, um, brewing every, every time, and it was, uh, I don't know, just the, the the scent in the house, you know, that I love the smell of coffee. Who doesn't love the smell of coffee in the morning? Right. Um, but, uh, so I think I started drinking coffee because of that. I wanted to have that, those memories, I guess, because smell is tied to memory and, you know, um, so I don't know. So that's, and eventually kind of becomes a crutch, you know, caffeine, like, uh, longing for those better days, you know, um, And uh, I also, I'm a workaholic, so um, sometimes you need, you know, need a coffee, a little coffee to fuel it up. Um, I work so much, I work so much because, partly because I don't want to think about this stuff, you know, Um, and uh, aside from just being like a driven type of person, I love making things and um, it's fun for me more than anything, but... I know that's part of it. It's like just so I don't have to think about the, the bad shit. Focus on positive things and, and creating things out of, you know, out of my pain. <laughs> um, so uh, laying in bed, staring at my ceiling's outer space, hoping that aliens will come, you know, take me. But So like um, I used to have uh, in my room, I had, like concert posters and flyers from punk rock shows and stuff on the walls, and uh, I would have uh, I had Christmas lights around the perimeter of the ceiling taped up in the corners and stuff and uh so my my room had this like pinkish red glow to it, and uh I would just sit there and I would lay in my bed and just look up at the ceiling and look at the lights and just i don't know just be in like this weird daydream state um thinking about oh, how do i just how do i get out of here how do i how do i escape this <laughs> this awful feeling you know um cuz i'm a loser a fucking has been crying about the same old shit you know just feeling like a loser you know just i didn't have a job um but it was funny actually like what uh like probably a few weeks before she died, um, she we took me around. Well, I had my driver's permit, so my learner's permit. So um, she had me drive her around town uh, to like different businesses and getting applications and like trying to, you know, fill out applications and um, one filled out one at the local uh, grocery store, Kleins, and uh, didn't hear anything back. And then and then she. She passed away, and then the next day, the next day, they called me They're like, hey, uh, we're if you can come in for an interview. I was like, "Well, that's so weird. I was like, hey, I can't do it right now. My mom died, so she's like, oh, okay. So they gave me, like, two weeks to, like, get it together and come in. I worked there. I worked there for, like, two weeks, dude. I was like, fuck this job. Um, so fast forward, you know, um, living with our, our dad now, and things are, you know, just way different than they were it's not wasn't the same type of living (laughs) not the same type of lifestyle or quality of life i guess um my dad was just he would just we would just get by he'd make spaghetti you know chicken patties like real easy things and um we were more like roommates you know and uh he was great you know he was great but it wasn't the same my mom would make dinner every day and like you know it's we go do things, it was just just a different situation. Um, and uh, so yeah, they're in my room thinking I'm a, I'm a complete loser and I don't have a job, and um, I'm just uh, I, can't, I keep I can't stop crying about this stuff. And um, I mean, looking back, yes, rightfully so, you know, but I remember feeling like, God, I just want st- to, why? I just want to stop, I just want to make, I just want to be better, you know. But I was always like ditching out on everything. I almost skipped out on homecoming that year. Um, I I didn't even decide to go until it was already going on. Like it was like I don't know when does homecoming start? Like seven o'clock, maybe eight o'clock. Um, and uh, I think it was like nine o'clock before I decided. Okay, I'm just gonna go. You know, might as well just try to get out. Um, had a had a friend call me from. Uh, from the payphone at school, we didn't have cell phones yet, you know, and, uh, say, hey, you need to get out here, it's, it's fun, you know, everybody wants to see you, you know, um, so, yeah, went and did that, um, and then, uh, so then it's like, I remember losing faith, I never felt such, such goddamn rage, all the lonely nights spent by myself, I just want to be well, um, I mean, by now you probably understand where all that stuff comes from. I, I I definitely like. I stopped believing in any sort of God, any sort of any like bit that I did believe, maybe, or like heaven and all that stuff. I just stopped uh, believing in all that stuff at that point because it was just like, how can this fucking happen? How how would this happen? And I'm not gonna sit here and go into like any religious debate or anything, but my thoughts on it, you know, were just like this is impossible, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna figure out my own shit, and I don't need, I don't need anybody, any higher power, you know, whatever, I'm not, I'm gonna go do my thing, and, uh, you know, so far, so good, but, um, yeah, so, just feeling really, really mad about that, and, uh, you know, figuring it out, (laughs) um, So yeah, uh, we went in uh, and we we did the song back in January along with these other songs, and I remember being like thinking it was like one of my favorites because it's got that punk rock intro. It's like the skate punk. We haven't really done anything like that. We'll do some skate punk stuff live from from time to time, just like real quick little parts of songs, like just to change it up. But uh, we've never like recorded anything that's like so fast and kind of like that Blink One Eighty Two, you know, old Blink One Eighty Two style, you know, and. uh, so that was really cool and i don't know i just every time i hear the song um the chorus comes in and it's just to me it's just so catchy and it just it's just a breath of fresh air in a way for me i don't know how you feel about it when you listen but it's just so fresh and like i don't know it just feels good to sing those words and to sing those melodies every night on stage like um I don't know. It's just, it's, it's one of my favorite songs for sure on the record. I have a lot of favorite songs on this record. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so we put it out as the second single after I don't want to go. And I just felt like it, we were going into summer at the time. And, uh, one of the first shows of the tour was, was going to be in ocean city in Maryland. So I it just felt right to like release the song and then, uh, tour on that for the whole summer and it seems like it's become like a fan favorite like at the shows like nickel hit that line at the top and it just you hear people go yeah like just get ready and then we start we start doing it and everybody starts like fucking circle pitting and moshing and throwing their hands up jumping up and down it's just i don't know it takes me back to those those old days going to punk rock shows you know local shows when i was a kid like um Suburban Vermin and Subsist and the chaotics and all these, all these like local, uh, Harford County bands playing at VFWs and shit, you know? Um, just takes me back every time. It's just, it's, it's a nice, like, uh, way to bring it back into, like, this modern era that we're in. And I think it's a nice change up too from what we've done in the past, uh, on other records. And, um, seems like everybody likes it cover art was done by uh Casey Cowan um she uh she crushes every time she's just so good at what she does and we keep going back to her for things and I just felt like she could really pull this one off um and it's it's almost in a in sort of a different style than what she normally does for us which I really liked and I love like the pastel look to it um I really wanted like that uh sunset like just before the sun goes down, look to the sky with a lot of purples and blues, you know, and the oranges and pinks and all that. And um, so the story on the, on the cover is, uh, so if you're familiar with the area, Havity Grace, where I live, um, about 10 minutes from Aberdeen where I grew up. And Havity Grace is a, is a town right in the water on the Susquehanna River. And um, it's just a cool little area uh and down down there on the river there there's like um the marina and like this nice park that the kids go to, and it's like a decoy museum where you can look at fucking wooden ducks if you want to do that um and then there's like this whole little downtown area with like some cool bars and just like this little quaint little town, like a lot of old buildings from like the seventeen eighteen hundreds um there's like a statue of Lafayette. Um, I can't remember exactly his story, but look him up, super short guy, Lafayette, um, anyway, and I, I believe Habity Grace is like a French, French name, um, but, uh, so there's this lighthouse there, Concord Point, and the lighthouse actually has a huge history, Um, there's a guy named John O'Neill, and back in the, during the war of 1812, um, was actually like, Using, there's a cannon there's a cannon that's still back there. It's all like you can't use it anymore. it's like plugged up and everything but it almost looks melted. It's weird. it's been there so long. but uh, he used this cannon uh, to like fire at like British ships that were trying to attack and take over uh, that part of, of Maryland. And it's just wild to think about when you look out, you stand there by the lighthouse and you look out to the, to the river, And think about these giant ships, like, hurling cannonballs at you at a million miles an hour. It's just wild. Anyway, he held it down and, uh, I think saved the day. There's, like, this whole plaque there and everything. You can look it up, like, Havity Grace, Maryland, uh, Lighthouse, Cannon, John O'Neill, stuff like that. Um, pretty cool story. But, uh, so there's a, there's a dock there, um, when you walk down past, there's a little dock on the water and it's cool. There's like geese and stuff that that walk around and you can feed them and what. And, uh, so the dock is actually, uh, where, when, when my dad passed, um, he had said that he just wanted to have a party and, um, no sad stuff, you know, like, and no formal funeral and things like that. He didn't want anybody looking at him and, you know, all that stuff. And um, so we had decided that it would be rad to um, do it like a celebration of life. Man, I hear that's becoming more common these days. It's just more fun, I think, which more, makes more sense to me. Um, and so uh, one of his old friends that he went to school with, uh, she runs a bar down there called Coakley's, and, and uh, she owns the place. And I approached her gave her a call and said, Hey, would you be cool with us having uh, my you know, my dad's celebration of life party there? And we did this party and it was great. Like I could not believe how many people showed up. It was amazing. Um we had Dollar cores Lights, because that was his beer. He drank Coors Lights. So we worked out Dollar Coors Lights uh for the day. Uh, I made a playlist. We I played a bunch of Ballyhoo songs because he he said that he'd always he would want to have Ballyhoo playing at his funeral and all this stuff and uh so we did about an hour of Ballyhoo songs and I was like all right it's time to change it and I made a playlist of all these like 60s 70s 80s 90s uh songs that he loved um and I kicked it off with uh nothing but a good time by Poison um it's I don't want to get too weird macabre but on the day that uh, I had to go the week before this I had to go um to the funeral home to the, you have to ID your loved ones before they can cremate them and all that. Uh, so I had to go do that. And on the way there, I just put the radio on and nothing but a good, but a good time came on and I just burst into tears on the way there. Like laughing though, like sad, but like laughing. It was like the weirdest thing ever. And it just felt like he was with me at that point, you know? Um, so I, I, um, I made that the first song of the playlist, and now it—I'm sure it's coincidence, but I'll definitely hear—I'll hear that song randomly, um, in different places. I don't know. I remember I heard it recently, and the song came on. I don't I remember where we were at, but just like damn, I don't know. Just, and it just feels nice. It's—it's it's funny because uh, the the first. Show that I ever went to as a kid. He took Donald and I, my brother. Um, I was like six years old. Uh, I had the picture of it is like right behind me here on my wall. But um, we went and saw a Rat and Poison, and that was like always the thing he kind of introduced us to music. You know, he definitely introduced us to music. So, um, that's where the uh, that's where that relation comes from there. Um, anyway, we had this great party, and. It was just way better, it was just way better to do it that way. Um, so glad that we did it that way and I felt like we sent it off sent him off right. Um, but before that we went to, we did the party thing. we had a small gathering for family, like like friends and some family to uh, come out to the lighthouse and we actually um, spread his ashes there uh, at the dock. So that lighthouse and the dock that you see on the cover of the Maryland summer is, is where we did that. Um, and there's like, it's, it's up to interpretation, I guess, but there's a little, there's a dude on the, on the standing next to the lighthouse looking out to the river and you could, you know, I, I think of it as myself, like looking out there and just kind of contemplating life and thinking about things. Um, it could be the ghost of my dad, you know, who knows, but, um, so yeah, that's how that all came together. Overall, really happy with the song and uh, the art that came with it. It means a lot to me. Um, And every time we play it, it's just so fun. You know, it's just a fun song to play. And I'm really glad that um, you all seem to be enjoying it. Well, there you have it, everybody. Maryland Summer, the story behind the track. Um, These uh, track-by-tracks have been a lot of fun, a lot of... Like weird moments, a lot of happy moments, um, some sad stuff, you know. <laughs> over the last few weeks, uh, it's been interesting to kind of dive in and really um, talk about these songs because sometimes I don't even think of them as deep as we've gone in these in these podcast episodes. Uh, so it's been a lot of a lot of fun doing this, um, kind of eye-opening for myself. Um, <clears throat> someone requested recently that we do uh, try to do these. For the other albums like Daydreams and Pineapple Grenade, and stuff like that. So maybe that'll happen someday. Um, thanks for listening. And uh, don't forget, get your pre order in at iTunes or whatever. Get your pre save on at uh, Spotify and Apple Music. <clears throat> All these things, every time you pre save or pre order, it helps put the band closer to the top of the, of the algorithm. Basically, not the algorithm, but the algorithm pushes us closer to the top of like charts and things like that. Um, how it works is like if you, if you don't get a lot of action, a lot of streams or a lot of pre-orders or whatever, uh, it sort of it just buries you with everything else. And in you know, order to stand on top, you got to get a lot of activity. So the more that you all are pre-saving and pre-ordering, uh, the better the band's gonna look and the more people are gonna see it because we'll be up at the top there and like the top tens and all that. Make sure you head over to my uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe, hit the bell, and uh, check out the videos and the vlogs over there. Uh, Subscribe to my podcast if you haven't already. Please rate and review because it keeps uh, my podcast up at the top of the top 10 list there. And uh, more people discover it that way. Uh, Thank you so much to my supporters. Thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time for episode 31. It'll be the final track-by-track episode of the series for Detonate. We're going to do Mind Over Matter. See you then.